The Chargers have a must-win game on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Can they change their fate and get revenge this time around and keep their playoff hopes alive? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons. We started doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. Now this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, we have a hell of a matchup coming up this weekend. But first, thank you guys for making us your first listen. We very much appreciate it. And if you guys want to make sure you never miss a show, make sure to check out the new Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But today, Dave, we had to get into our keys for success, and this is the first game all season where the Chargers are going up against a team that's already beat them. The next time will be next week when they go up, or they, they, this will be the only game that happens all year for them because nobody's yeah. beat them besides the Broncos in the division the first time around. So we do get to learn some things from that first matchup, so we'll get into our keys for success defensively and offensively and then also get into some major players coming back for the Chargers like Michael Davis and Mike Williams off the COVID list in the opposite for the Broncos before getting into our game and bowl predictions. But keys for success defensively, David, where do you want to start things there? Because the Chargers defense really gave up 21 points in the last matchup, but obviously this time around, as opposed to last week, they're getting a lot of their best players back. I mean, it's similar to the first matchup. I mean, you you know what this Denver Broncos offense is bringing to the table. They're bringing two premium running backs. And I mean, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, have both been equally as efficient, and they had a lot of success last time. 33 for 147 and two touchdowns. Melvin Gordon, 17 for 83. Javante Williams, 14 for 54 with three catches for 57. And that 42-yard catch that he threw in there. So they are trying to give the ball to those guys as much as possible, especially on early downs. They want to stay ahead of the sticks. So you really want to force Drew Locke to be the one to beat you in this football game. So that means you have to dial in and and zero in on stopping the running backs, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I mean, that has to be the main concern for you in this one, just because those two guys can't take over the game. We saw last week what it looks like when the other team is consistently able to run the ball against you. And when you let Rex Burkhead, you know, do what he did last week, it's hard to have faith that two much better running backs aren't going to have the same success. But we saw the Raiders bottle it up last week against the Broncos. We've seen the Broncos get away from the running game like they did last week as well. And I think that especially after the last couple of weeks, the last performance against the Broncos, last week's performance against the Texans, you need to be better. And one thing that's going to be huge in that regard is having Justin Jones back. I mean, Daniel Popper from The Athletic put out a great tweet this week. With Justin Jones on the field, the Chargers are averaging 3.6 yards per carry allowed. Without him, 5.3. That's a 1.7 yard, almost two yard difference with one dude off the field. And I think you saw that a lot last week. Massive. I mean, it's just he's uh, he's their best run defender that's been out there consistently. He's been their most productive run defender this season. I mean, maybe Braden Fehoko gets more involved because he's been really good, especially on early downs. And I think. One of the things that helps you do, David, is get off the field on third down. If you can stop the run, if you can set up those third downs and long, that's what you're going to be able to do to get Drew Locke to maybe have to settle for some checkdowns, right? So getting pressure and getting off the field on third downs is definitely one of my biggest keys for this one. You let the Texans go 9 of 13 last week. You're giving up 
a league high 51.1% of third downs to be converted against your defense. It's been awful. But one of the things that helps with that, obviously, is getting those third and down distances way up there because what that also is going to do, David, is help you get pressure. And the Chargers had three pressures last week, which is, isn't going to get it done. The Char- Broncos have some tackles on the COVID list right now. That's going to be something that has to be monitored. And the Chargers absolutely have to get after the quarterback in this one. And it starts with stopping the run, setting yourself up in some favorable situations. Yeah, I mean, definitely want to get pressure on Drew Locke. He's, in the last game, they only had six first downs against the Raiders the entire game. Uh, and when he's under the, under pressure, he's only completing 54.2% of his passes. Uh, and also both of his, high in, his interceptions that he's thrown this year have came when he was under pressure. So you definitely want to get pressure on him, but you got to get in those third and long situations on defense to be able to do that, the, to be able to deploy those packages that everyone really wants to see. And that's where they're getting the most success. Fortunately, the Broncos have a, a lot of trouble converting third downs. They're only converting 37.89% of their third down. So you're going up against one of the teams who's one of the worst in the league, or excuse me, is the worst in the league getting off of the field on third down, going up against one of the teams that really struggle to stay on the field on third downs. But for me, you have to really be ready for the short passes when it comes to Drew Locke. He is going to be trying to get the ball out of his hands. 47 of his 61 attempts that he has thrown this year are under 20 yards. So he does not like to throw the ball deep. He's very risk averse. He's very uh, he's very aware of that. So he wants to he doesn't want to turn the ball over. He wants to keep possession, which sometimes leads to him holding on to the ball. And that's where he's going to get sacked. And this offensive line is very, very injured. And they're also got guys on the COVID list. So they're going to be undermanned. They're going to have guys out there that don't have a lot of experience. So you want to line up Joey Bosa right over that right tackle, who's going to be a guy who's had 40 snaps in the NFL this year and let him go to work. Yeah, I mean, I don't, the only thing is I, I feel like that's kind of pushing down the field a lot, honestly. I mean, that means 25% of his passes almost are going 20 or more yards down the field, and that's obviously something. He's only completed three of them. Well, that's, see, that's the bigger thing is not completing them. He <laughs> will put it up there. I think that just means you have to say disciplined. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Because the one thing you can't do is turn those into long defensive pass interference calls and things like that. And one person I think you have to help, especially on third down, if he has to be out there a lot, is Tavon Campbell because oh, in total last – matchup against the Broncos the Broncos only had 155 passing yards Tavon Campbell gave up 80 of those passing yards right four out hopefully of hopefully Asante Samuel Jr. being back will help alleviate the the need to have Tavon Campbell on well the it's going to be about Chris much. Harris Jr. I mean that's that's yeah. what it's going to be because I mean it Chris Harris Jr. is going to be in the slot and I mean Asante Samuel Jr. Michael Davis are going to be on the outside now so if yeah. Chris Harris Jr. can come back that would seem to push Tavon Campbell off the field and I think that would help especially because like we were talking about before the show, that was one of Chris Harris Jr.'s best games so far this year. It was. was against the Broncos the last time around, had some key tackles, had some, you know, really nice plays in that one. And that's when he kind of started turning things around a little bit, to be honest, because he was having a rough go of it before that. But having those guys together on the back end is going to be huge as well. The last thing I would say is forcing turnovers because you Absolutely. talked about getting, you know, pressure on Drew Locke. I mean, Joey Bosa had six pressures by himself in the last matchup and forced a fumble on Drew Locke in that game. So, one of the things that that pressure will help is helping get those turnovers. The Chargers averaged 1.5 turnovers and wins this year, only 1.1 in losses. And they only have eight turnovers in the games they've lost so far this season. And like I said before, when Drew Locke was out there in that last game, 
you know, in the very few plays that he was in there, he had a fumble that went for a first down, of course, and then an interception. So I think that's going to be huge, not only for this defense, which really has only been good when they've turned the ball over, but also setting your offense up against a very good defense with favorable field position, helping them get points on the board. And more opportunities, right? More opportunities yeah. for Justin Herbert and the offense to go down the field and get points. The more opportunities, the better. But also the last thing for me, Daniel, is you got to bring the energy. You got to bring the physicality. You got to bring the intensity. There is no excuse for a lack of motivation in this game because it is literally do or die. It doesn't matter about the playoffs if you don't go in here and handle your business. And we cannot have a re repeat performance like we saw last week against the Houston Texans where Austin Eckler said that some of his teammates said it just felt dead out there. That can't ever happen again. The Chargers have to be motivated in this game, and they got to go out there and provide that type of energy and violence that it takes to go out there and be successful on defense. Yeah, and I mean, the biggest thing from that, I think, is the tackling, because in the first matchup against the Broncos, there were some soft touchdowns, really oh, yes. soft touchdowns. That Teddy Bridgewater basically walk-in touchdown with three defenders next to him. Just the sitting there watching Tavon Campbell play with Javante Williams on the sideline where you get up an extra like 25 yards after you both miss a tackle. That was huge in that first game. It totally turned some of the drives around for the Broncos because the Chargers just could not tackle. And I think that also comes from that. And I think another thing too is bring some safety blitzes, bring some corner blitzes. You've talked about yeah. that before, but against this team specifically, one thing I think you could do is jar the play action game, right? You send one person straight at the quarterback. So when they fake that handoff, Drew Locke turns around, there's somebody in his face right away and that's going to turn into some good things for you well that turned into a game changing play in the first game when they sent derwin james unblocked on a blitz and he literally took teddy bridgewater out of the game because he smacked him so hard i mean those plays are super effective it seems like anytime derwin james gets sent on a blitz it, it's crazy dude it's crazy to watch <laughs> that guy and what he is capable of and just how good he is like he's so quick He's so strong. He has good hand usage. Like if he just stopped and was just a pass rusher, he would be one of the more elite pass rushers in the league. That's just how good that dude is. Like no matter what you ask him to do, Derwin James is capable of it all. And there's a lot of comparisons that get thrown around, but I mean, maybe a hot take that I would have those. I think he'd be similar to Micah Parsons. I don't think it would look like exactly what Micah Parsons is doing right now, but if you just made him an edge rusher slash linebacker, I think that's probably what it would look like because the dude seems unstoppable when he comes on the blitz. I mean, one of the best pass rushing secondary players I've ever seen really, to yeah, be honest, period. but hey, let's hope he plays because that's going to be yes. a huge difference in this game. We'll talk about his practice report so far this week at the end of the show, but we do need to get in the offensive keys for success because the offense has to come through after not only throwing a pick six, but only putting up 13 points in the last game. So we're going to talk about how to do that after this, but first I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar, and it's the new year. That means New Year's resolutions, and one of the great ways you guys can stay on your plan is by having Built Bars. Instead of all those cravings that you might have for chips or junk or a candy bar, get the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and have a Built Bar because Built Bar has the protein, tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, and it makes it easier to stick to your resolutions. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you're already bored of the new diet. So get something that's going to be packed with protein, low in carbs and low in sugar, and low in calories as well, and get all of the great flavors that come with Bill Bars. I mean, there's so many great ones to choose from. I always tell you, my favorites are cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. I mean, those are my go-tos. I mean, I have to have some of those. But you could go salted caramel, mint brownie. There's so many to choose from. And right now, guys, 
this is the best time to start getting into Built Bar with the new year to stay on that diet. And you can even save some money. If you go to Built.com, you can get a use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. All right, David, let's get into the offensive keys for success here. And I think I'd start it off quick by telling you how the Chargers need to get off to a quick start in this one because that's exactly the opposite of what they did in the last time around against the Broncos. They got down to a 14-0 hole, and that absolutely set them behind the sticks for the rest of the game, and it just cannot happen in this matchup. It absolutely can't. And, I mean, going back and watching that first game against the Broncos, it made me want to go back and look at how the Chargers start and how that really affects them. And it really, you know, pr- provided me with a great stat. The Chargers are 7-1 and one when they score a touchdown in the first quarter this season. So it is absolutely imperative and essential to their success that they go out there and they score points and they get in that groove and they get that rhythm started very early. When that offense is out there firing on all cylinders from Jump Street, the Chargers are damn near impossible to stop. Yeah, and it seems like it's always been one or the other. Like It seems like the Chargers either get out and start getting points early on, or it takes them a few drives. And in that last game, it started out three and out, three and out, turnover on downs, a punt, right? Like, that's just yeah. the worst way you can start. And it is a good defense you're going with, but the execution is are going up against, but the execution will be key because you had – you're really close to not having those struggles in that last game. I mean, there were just a couple plays that, you know, ball gets batted down, a pass gets dropped. And then you all of a sudden you're looking at a 14 to zero deficit. And I think one thing that you have to do as well in this game is take care of the football, Dave. And I know we've talked before oh about my, how yes. the Chargers, you know, win games when Justin Herbert doesn't turn the football over. Well, Justin Herbert's played the Broncos three times now. He's one and two against them. In the two games that he lost, he had four interceptions. In the game he won, he had zero interceptions. That was the last Broncos game of the 2020 season. And just in general, I mean, the Chargers aren't going to do well if they're losing the turnover battle. And They've I had just think, 10 turnovers in the last five games, and five of those turnovers have come in the last two games, and both of those are losses. Coincidence? I think not. Well, and I mean, two and four in games where you turn the ball over twice or more, right? So yeah. one of those games was against the Giants, so it's hard to even count that. So it's really like one and four in those games because the Giants were obviously so bad when they went up against them. But I think that's going to be huge in this one. And running the football, David, I need think. Yes. That's going to be one of the biggest things in this game because you're getting Matt Filer back. The last game against the Broncos was the Hallelujah. San Diego game where he gave up 10 pressures, a sack, and was like one of Penalties, the worst offensive linemen that we've seen. He was awful. Yeah. It was really, really bad. But, yes, running the football in this game is paramount. It is so, so important. And the Raiders had a lot of success running the ball against the Broncos last week. They ran it 40 times for 160 yards. And, hey, Justin Jackson's coming off of two of his best games of the season. 24 for 150, two touchdowns, 6.25 yards per carry average. He has really found his stride. Also, Austin Eckler gets activated off the COVID list, so he's going to be active and ready. And also, I think he got some valuable time to really rest that ankle, so hopefully he's coming out here feeling as healthy as he possibly could be. And so the Chargers, who have been searching for that one-two punch in the running game all season long, could finally have that intact to go up against the Broncos on Sunday. Yeah, and I especially like Justin Jackson, too, because one thing I have seen with these young linebackers, who I think have played pretty well for the Broncos, considering the you know number of strings that they're on there, like fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh string linebackers. But one thing that's hard for young linebackers, especially athletic ones, is overrunning plays. And I think Justin Jackson's style of cutting back 
is something that could earn him some big games in this one, just going based on what I saw against the Broncos, what people have had success doing against them. We talked with Locked Around Broncos yesterday. I mean, that is the one chink in this armor is the run defense, and you can do it effectively against them. The Chargers put themselves in that 14-0 hole, really kind of took that part of the game out of the game plan, and now you have your left side intact for the first time in a while because it's Corey Lindsley and Rashawn Slater and Matt Filer over there. Like, that's huge. I mean, those guys being on that left side is going it's to be... It's really a- important that you have those guys in this game too, Daniel, because the Broncos are especially stout in the middle. Like, their best pass rush this season has come from their interior defenders. 20 of the Broncos' 39 sacks have come from their interior defensive linemen. So it's very important that they get their you know center back, get their left guard back, and have Rashawn Slater uh, available for this game. Obviously, the right side of the of the offensive line is a little bit of a concern because you don't really know who's going to be active and available. But to really have those guys and have those veterans out there for this matchup against a team who has a great pass rushing defensive line is very, very important for this one. Yeah, I mean, of course it is. The offensive line has always been so key for this team, and especially in that last matchup when you saw one guy really derail things for the rest of that offensive line. And, I mean, hopefully Storm Norton or Trey Pipkins can be back. Because even Trey Pipkins, in that game, I mean, he looked pretty dominant as a run defender. I loved his strength at the point of attack. He's such a huge dude. And, like, I just think that that's something, yeah, run blocking. I mean, he just was leaning on people and kind of moving them out of the way with his size. So, if it's him, that's even you feel a lot better about it, obviously, now that you've seen him out there. And Storm Norton has been low-key good for a little while now. And I think – Another thing for the Chargers in this game is going to be just finishing drivers with touchdowns because that's 100%. one of the keys from the last two games that have both been losses against Kansas City. You have the two drives inside the six-yard line, three drives inside the six-yard line where you come away with zero points. So fourth down execution is going to have to be big in this one. And then in the last game, David, you had a chance to really get in the game early with some touchdowns, and you ended up settling for three free field goals. So even though, I mean – Brandon Staley, I hope that he's more aggressive in this game. He did go for it on fourth down the last time against the Broncos. But when the Chargers get down there, they need to put up seven points because that could end up being the difference. Well, yeah, I mean, you you can't the, – the Chargers are not at their best when they're kicking field goals. They're at their best when they're finishing drives with touchdowns, going for it on fourth down because that's who they are and that's their identity. That's the team Brandon Staley wants to be. And we don't know and, who's even kicking field goals at this point, so that's the other right. big thing. So, it, I mean, it might be Tristan Vizcaino in this game, and, you know, if that if that's the case, then Brandon Staley's going for it on every fourth down no matter where they're at on the football field. So, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, but, yes, the Chargers have to be consistent, stay on the field, and finish – their drives with touchdowns. And also you have to get Keenan Allen the football. There is no excuse for one of the best wide receivers in the NFL to not get 10 plus targets every single game. It has to happen when he gets on a roll and he gets moving early on, he gets that confidence, gets that swagger. And that's when Keenan Allen is at his best when he's talking his trash and he is owning cornerbacks and defensive backs early on in the football game. He is impossible to stop so get that that guy the football and also if you got those one-on-one opportunities for mike williams throw up the football and let him go out there and make that spectacular catch because that's what he does and it's great for the offense and against tough defenses sometimes you just need a dude to go one-on-one and make a play for you to find that chung gain and i think that's something that mike williams brings to the table but going back to keenan allen i mean yeah get him the ball as much as possible The Broncos are going to be down two of their best three cornerbacks, it looks like, going into this one. So there's no excuse because there's other playmakers on the field. They're not going to be able to do what the Texans did last week and put all of their focus 
on Keenan Allen, right? And, you know, target Keenan. If you're thinking about targeting Jared Cook, maybe just target Keenan Allen instead. Because, I mean, it seems like every Jared Cook target that turns into an interception, Keenan Allen's running somewhere open. And I think the other thing that does is if you pepper him early, it's going to open things up for Austin Eckler. It's going to open things up for Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton deep in the middle of the field, right? Make them have to give him extra attention and then make them pay for it. And I think that's going to be a huge factor in this one. No reason that Keenan Allen shouldn't have a very, very good game in this one. But we have to see who's going to be playing for both teams. And that's going to make a major impact because there's some big names on the line for the Chargers we still don't know about yet, like a Nazir Adderley, right? Like the right tackle situation. And for the Broncos, I mean, they've gotten hit really hard with COVID this week, which means some really, really good players, part of that really, really good defense, are not going to be around. So we're going to get in all those names and make our bold in-game predictions to see if either one of us feels comfortable picking the Chargers to win in this one after losing that first matchup against Teddy Bridgewater right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season and in the new year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. And Today's one of the best days you could have to bet on football, guys, because it's the playoffs right now. I mean, you have giant matchups today. Go to betonline.ag, get some action on these games, and you guys won't regret it because BetOnline is your number one place for all sports action this season. And if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, one word for a 50% deposit bonus. Get that deposit in, guys. Get some free money to play with this college bowl season. With the NFL playoffs coming up, with new UFC cards coming up that are going to be huge in January, in basketball, NHL, and everything else as well. Even your favorite Vegas casino games, you can bet on with betonline.ag. So make sure you guys go get in on the action with the best odds, lines, and props that you're going to find. Because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David, so a lot to get into here with the COVID list and obviously the injury report for both teams. And I think... One of the biggest deciding factors in this game is going to be if Derwin James is going to go in this one. Drew Tranquil has not practiced for the Chargers all week, so I'm assuming he's not going to play. Derwin James, it seems like for the first time in a while, you can at least feel like he has a pretty good chance of going on Sunday, which will make a huge difference. Yeah, I think he's been trending positive here in the last few weeks. At least he had shoulder pads on to stand on the sideline for the Texans game, and he would would have been able to go on the field if it was a complete dire emergency and there was no one else available. So I think that helps you. But what's most important is that he was able to actually go back to practice, even on a limited basis. It's good to see him get back on the practice field because I think that's what really gives me some comfort that for the first time in pretty much a month, Derwin James could be back on the football field for the Chargers defense on Sunday in the most pivotal game of the season for them to date. And, I mean, you just remember what he did in that first game, right? And I would also say that that entire Houston Texans game felt like it was an emergency situation. Was, yeah, but for real. I mean, he has the sack and what really looked like a forced fumble ended up going down as an incomplete pass. And he also Ugh. gets the interception that gets the Chargers points on the board before halftime. And he's just such an impact player. And as you've heard the coaches talking about this week, the quarterback of the defense, getting everyone in line. We've seen so many communications, breakdowns, and things not being connected on the back end. He's somebody that helps with all of that. Plus, just brings an irreplaceable energy to the team. He makes as well. everyone better. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and he just brings an energy that you just can't get. I mean, I think there's truth to what Austin Eckler said. I mean, whether Chargers fans like it or not, when you're missing somebody like Derwin James, it's just you don't have that same fire on the back of your defense. You don't have that same knowledge of what he has to say when things are about to go down. So 
that's going to be big. And then for the COVID part of the Chargers situation, I mean, there's some big names still on the list. Nazir Adderley, Storm Norton, Trey Pipkins, Dustin Hopkins, Dear, uh, Chris Harris Jr., Matt Overton, the long snapper, Alohi Gilman, Kenneth Murray, just to name some of our. That's pretty much all of them at this point. And all these guys still have a chance to come back. But I think for me, I mean, it's the tackle situations, one of Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins. And the other thing after that for me is Nazir Adderley and Chris Harris Jr., because that's the starting defensive backfield that you had to go this season. And now with the new COVID rules, they have a chance to come back this week when we thought it was going to be 10 days when it first happened. They have a chance to come back, and you would finally have the five guys you meant to start, the guys who have only played 82 snaps together this year, all on the same field, which I think just makes a gigantic difference. Oh, I mean, this is every coach's dream, at least the possibility of having all of the guys that you started the season out with, the guys that you felt were going to be your warriors, going to be your starters to go out there and go up against the best of the best all season long. Hopefully they're going to be available. I mean, hopefully Derwin James is going to be out there. We know Michael Davis got activated off of the COVID list, so he's going to be out there. Asante Samuel Jr. is back from his concussion issues. Hopefully if Nas and Chris Harris Jr. can get activated off this COVID list, then you could have all of your number one guys in that secondary available to go up against a Broncos team who has a lot of talented wide receivers. Just, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get from the quarterback position. Yeah, and having Mike Williams and Michael Davis back is going to be huge for this one too, especially Michael Davis because I think he obviously has been very, very missed since he's you know missing that last game. I think he obviously would have made a big difference when teams are dropping bombs all over the field, and he's probably your fastest corner that you have, and also you know one of your bigger dudes as well out there. So like he is a huge guy to have on the outside, and just having those guys back together and having the unit you know that really prepared all off season as if they were going to be the guys out there getting all those checks and balances put in place, it's going to make a big deal. But when the other thing is, David, is with those you know talented wide receivers, one of the ones that might not be out there is wide receiver Tim Patrick, who yeah. is on the COVID list for the Broncos, who are kind of having like what the Chargers had last week, right, where it's big names on the list for them and big names that could not go in this game, whether it's due to injury or due to COVID list things, because Bryce Callahan is already on the list and he's been ruled out for the game on Sunday because he was put on there on Thursday, meaning he won't have time to get back for the game. That dude was started to get six times in the first game and only allowed one reception. He had the interception in the Broncos win last year over the Chargers against Mike Williams in the end zone. He would be a guy that would have a lot of reps going up against Keenan Allen, which is why I'm you know hoping that he has a big game. So that's going to be huge. And besides that, David Bobby Massey and the other tackle Calvin Anderson, both of those guys were put on the COVID list this week. You also have Steven Weatherly and other big-time players for them that aren't going to be able to go. Mike Purcell is still on it. Caden Stearns, one of their safeties that gets a lot of plays, is still on the list. So that could be huge to go along with a guy like Ronald Darby who hasn't practiced all week. Bradley Chubb who has an illness in his shoulder thing and didn't practice on Thursday. And some of these other big names they have out there. I mean, that's a talented defense, but when you take some of those guys away, it starts looking a lot more feasible to be able to put up more points than you did the first time around. Well, the Denver Broncos, with all of those talented defenders, like to change the sight picture and really try to confuse quarterbacks out there. Well, when you don't have your top guys out there that know the defense and are going out there and executing it at the level that you're expecting, then you might not be able to do some of those things, and it might be an easier read for Justin Herbert this time around. Yeah, and obviously that's something that's going to have to be good in this game too, is just Justin Herbert being decisive. You know, finding the places he wants to go, anticipating a little bit better. I know that's been a lot of the things out there this week. The lightning round did a good thing about him struggling against cover, too. That has 
been an issue. And I mean, we've also seen him do really good against it. Like that yeah. Jalen Guyton throw earlier in the season. So Justin Herbert has to be good. And I think especially in the red zone in this one, missing the DBs that they are missing some of the guys, the Broncos are like Justin Herbert needs to put it in the end zone. He might need to make some magic happen there. Like we've seen him do so many times with some non-existent throwing windows, but I think David, it's time to get into our predictions for this one. I don't know. This is obviously a tough one. The Chargers lost to the Broncos the first time around, but let's start with our bold predictions here. I'm going to start with mine. I'm going to go with Justin Herbert for this one. I don't know the last time I went with a Justin Herbert one, but I'm going to say in this game, he goes 300 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions, maybe most importantly. And I think he comes down with the franchise record for most passing touchdowns in a season and takes that away from Phillip Rivers in only his second year. That's a nice touch. I like that one. I like that one a lot. And if he doesn't throw an interception, then I'm guaranteeing victory right now. I think that if the Chargers don't turn the football over, they're going to win the game without it, without a doubt. No fumbles either. Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler. I'm looking at you. Right. Yeah, we're looking at you. Hold on, <laughs> hold on to the football. Uh, mine is on defense, and okay. I think there's going to be a guy who's going to take the football away again against the Broncos. And of course, I'm talking about the man. Darwin James, I think he's going to have a trifecta in this one, and okay. that's going to be interception, sack, and tackle for loss. It's going to be the Derwin James show on Sunday at SoFi. I mean, hey, I almost had that in the first game. He almost had the trifecta of sack, force, fumble, interception, yeah. right, which is kind of perfectly embodies who Derwin James is. Like, that just shows all the kind of tools that he brings to the table there. But that's a bold prediction. Also, just because you're saying he's going to play, right? He's going to yeah. play, and he's going to go out there. And do that. And I think the other thing about him playing is just like the season's running out. Like if he re-injures yeah. his hamstring, I mean, as long as it's nothing, you know, that's seriously damaging, like he's only going to miss one week if the Chargers can't pick it up this week right. and have a good chance at the playoffs. But all right, David, time to put your money where your mouth is. I mean, I know last week you said you weren't going to have a very easy time picking the Chargers to win for the rest of the season after witnessing in person that Houston game. So who are you going with this week with a giant game on the line for the Chargers? Yeah, I think I, I feel a lot better knowing that the Chargers are getting all of their stars or most of their stars back for this game. They know it's a gotta have it, must have it type of game. And so with that being said and having that energy back, I think the Chargers are going to win and they have to win. So I'm picking them 24 to 14. Yeah, I mean, I definitely I think that the Chargers can win, obviously. Like this is, even though it was a bad performance the first time around, I mean, I think that it was pretty close to the Chargers maybe making that look like a completely different game. The pick six, obviously, that bounces off off Snackler's hands makes uh -huh. that score look a lot worse as well for the Chargers. And I just think that Justin Herbert has done so well, you know, coming back against teams he's played and lost against so far in his career. So I think he's going to figure some things out this week. I obviously picked him to go 303 touchdowns. I don't think I can pick them to lose the game if that's the thing I'm predicting. So I still have some questions about the Chargers defense just because even with those guys out there, they haven't been good so far this season. I do think Drew Locke brings some explosiveness. He also he brings some volatility, so he might throw a couple picks. Might have a couple ridiculous throws mixed in there as well, but I think the Chargers get it done this week as well. I think that they're going to feel the pressure. I think they're going to go out with a lot more energy after seeing the performance they put together last week, combined with a lot of guys coming back who might be a little bit more well-rested and hopefully – you know, kind of shucking the COVID symptoms they may or may not have had. But I'm going to pick the Chargers to win in this one, 24-17. to 17. I think it's going to be the first time since the Raiders game at the beginning of the season where the Chargers gave up less than 20 points. Think about that. That's the last time the Chargers Ooh. gave up less than 20 points this year. I think they do it again on Sunday. I think they keep their playoff hopes very, very much alive. And I think after this week, 
they could potentially be in the playoffs with the other matchups that are going on around the league. So I'm super excited. I mean, I it would just be such a fun show to do on Monday if the Chargers could Please. get to, you know, nine and seven on the season, get a chance to go to 10 and seven and potentially, you know, after this week, control their own destiny with a chance to play the Raiders the last game of the season to make the playoffs. Set it up, Chargers. Let's see it happen because it could be a lot of fun. But make sure you guys don't miss our reaction show on Monday. Make sure to go subscribe to the new Locked on Chargers YouTube channel and also to follow the show for free on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the TuneIn app, the new Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure to rate and review if you can there as well. We would really appreciate that. But you can also find the show on all of our social media. So you can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD, and the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. We post the show to all of those pages, including our Locked On Chargers Instagram page at LockedOnLAC and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But I'm imagining what it'll feel like. Hopefully you guys can call in with your reactions if the Chargers get a big-time win or an event if they lose, of course. But the number is 323-524-7924. I think the Chargers are going to pull it off this weekend. You never know who's going to show up, but you definitely can get some feelings with this team sometimes. I think I feel better about this week than I did about last week just because that game was so weird with all the COVID stuff. The Broncos have the worst end of it this week, and I think the Chargers are going to come away with a giant, maybe season-saving W on Sunday. But make sure you're back here with us on Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.